Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Today's podcast, by the way, this is Harlan Williams. You're rolling down the Harlan Highway. I am your host, Harlan Williams. And today's podcast is a, is a very strange one. It, it kind of, it starts with some funny jokes, some material, and then it kind of rolls into talking about um, society and how, how some things are changing and maybe not for the better. Or maybe for the better, you you can listen for yourself and make the argument you want to make. But I am going to comment on some some things that I find startling that are happening happening in our world that uh, I think are uh, questionable and uh, need to be looked at carefully before uh, we go around a corner that's uh, a little bit dangerous in my mind. And then in the middle of my podcast, I ended up getting up and going to see the movie The Avengers, the new Avengers movie that everyone's going nuts about. Three hours long, th- things smashed every box office record in the world. So I went to see it, and let's just say I am not happy. And this became the longest podcast I think I've ever done because the last 40 minutes of the podcast, I rip The Avengers a big new superhero asshole. Wait till you hear it. You might not. You might not have the patience for it. But if you do, check it out because this is the Harland Highway. Do you know my name? It's on the marriage certificate. I've never seen you before in all my life. Hold on to your airbag. The heartless, heartless monsters. All of you, through and through. You're riding down the Harland Highway. Oh yeah. You see a fallen star, that means a witch has just died. You clumsy idiot. The Harland Highway. All I want is to hear people say something again and to see people moving again. I'm Floyd Bernie, a rockabilly boy. Don't you understand? You're listening to Harlan Williams. I can't be your daughter. I'm a machine. Man, you've been dead a thousand years. Why, George, I think he's got it. You're riding down the Harland Highway with Harlan Williams. What's up, Doc? Mister, if you're going to lose, you're going to lose right now. Don't leave me here! Oh, boy. Oh, boy. It finally happened, Nerdle Glurgens and Beschlergel Glurgens. I don't know how many of you listeners uh, of mine, how many pavement pounders are white folks. Uh, but, uh, boy, oh boy, did I step into it, um, whew, just recently. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now you've heard recently, this thing has kind of come up in the last, uh, little while, the term white privilege, right? It, it's something that, that, uh, it's always existed maybe, I guess, but it's never kind of been leveraged against people in society until now so much. It's like, it's like become this thing. And I was like, okay, I get it. You know, I understand white privilege. I guess I know what it means, right? And um, it's just one of those things that's out there. It's like white privilege, Black Lives Matter, this, that, you know, all the whatever the next social cause is. And uh, I didn't really think I'd have an encounter with the right white privilege situation. But guess what? I did. And I, I got to tell you about it. Oh my God! So I'm I'm at the airport. I'm at uh, I'm at La- LAX, Los Angeles, Xylophone. I guess I don't know. 
Those are the, you know, every, every airport has its letters, its code letters. Los Angeles, it's LAX. I don't know where the letter X fits into anything. Is, is the letter X in the word airport? So I just call it Los Angeles xylophone. And uh, I'm at LAX, and uh, I'm at the, ch- you know, I'm checking in with my, with my suitcase. Uh, I'm waiting to, to, to get, get called over to the counter, right? And I'm standing beside this uh, wonderful uh, ethnic couple. Let's just say ethnic. It doesn't matter what ethnicity they are. That doesn't matter. It's not part of the story. It's, we're, we're all people. We're all just human beings, okay? So let's just say an, an ethnic couple, a man and his wife, were standing next to me. And, you know, I'm just, we're just standing there, and the lady motions me over. And uh, so I go over. I got my bag, and I'm about to engage her and check in my bag. And this ethnic gentleman comes running over, who I was standing beside. And he kind of lights me up. And, and again, it doesn't matter what ethnicity they are. That's not, that doesn't have any bearing here. But, but he kind of tore into me, and he was like, Hey, man, what's up, Holmes? And I'm like, excuse me? He goes, what's up, Holmes? And I'm like, well, what do you mean, what's up? He goes, you butted in front of me and my wife, I say. And, and again, it doesn't matter what ethnicity they are. Um, and, and I said, butted in front of you? No, 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 I don't think so. And he goes, yeah, you butted in front of me, Holmes. I said, sir, I, I did not Im- butt in front. As far as I know, the lady just motioned me to come over. He goes, no, you butted in front of me, man. He said, you got white privilege, Holmes. And I said, what did you say? He goes, you got white privilege. And I, I was like stunned. I was like, I was like, I have white privilege. Is that what you're saying? And he goes, that's right, Holmes. And I was just like, oh. I looked at him in the eyes very compassionately. And, 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 and I said, I said, sir, I, I am so very sorry. Oh, my goodness. And, and. And, and if, if, if you wouldn't mind carrying my bags down to gate 23, uh, that would be just... Uh, because if I have the white privilege, see, I'm going to use it, and I could use the help. And he's like, well, what are you talking about, man? I'm not carrying your bags. And I said, and, and he, no, no, I'm not doing My wife's over there. And I said, what, your wife? Well, you know, there's an Arby's. Uh, just down the way, and if she could grab me some curly fries, what are you talking about? Joking, joking, that never happened. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if somebody actually, like, you know, went the other way with the whole white privilege thing instead of feeling guilty about it or or understanding the, uh, you know, the social ramifications of white privilege? They just totally went the other way. Some dummy was like, oh, okay, well, uh, if I'm privileged, uh, you know, uh, you know, get to work for me, you know? You can see it happening. And that was the whole point of the joke, by the way. Um, but there's all kinds of weird uh, twists on, uh, on, on social things that are happening now, you know? If you just turn them around on their head, you can, you can make them funny, and, and draw comedy out of them. Like, for example, the uh, Me Too movement. You know, not everybody gets it. And uh, I said to my dad recently, I said, Dad, have you heard about this Me Too movement? He goes, he goes, yeah, this Me Too movement. He's like, who is this Chinese chick? It sounds like she's really putting out. I'm like, Dad, 
Are you that clueless? <sighs> and then, of course, the uh, Black Lives Matter. There's not a, a lot of racial diversity in every city in America. And uh, I was recently in Salt Lake City, Utah. Not a lot of racial diversity there. And I went to a Black Lives Matter rally, and uh, I was the black guy. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you know, we have fun with these these things. But, uh, you know, e- even though uh, people make light of things or, or you know, I think, I think people use comedy as a way to, to take the edge off of things that are, that are you know, sensitive or touchy. Um, and uh, on a more serious note, boy, this, this is talking about sensitivity. Um, things are getting very sensitive to the point where I'm getting worried. I'm getting worried that maybe we are starting to erase the history of this country because people are getting overly sensitive about things. Um, I'm, I'm going to read you a couple of uh, stories from the news recently, and I'll let you be the judge of uh, whether you think things are getting a bit too over the top or not. Check check these stories out. Here's the first one, and this is just an example of the sensitivity, you know, wave that's happening. Here it is: California State Campus ditching Prospector Pete mascot after complaints that the gold rush hurt indigenous people. Okay, um, didn't every freaking single thing white people did hurt indigenous people? Didn't building roads, didn't uh, 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 harvesting land, didn't building airports and cities and towns and raising crops and cattle and didn't every freaking thing we basically took their land okay we took we took over the country and i mean what are we supposed to do just just get rid of everything well let's close down the roads that 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 hurt the indigenous people let let's tear down the cities let's all get back to to riding horses and wagons just so everything can be the way it was Let me read the story, and then I'll get back into my commentary. California State University campus in Long Beach is ditching its longtime mascot amid accusations of racism and officially moving to pick either a new symbol or have no mascot at all. The university ditched its Prospector Pete Pete character in September after criticism that it was uh, offensive to indigenous people. And just so you know, this Prospector Pete uh, statue is like a white guy in a beard sitting on a rock, uh, just like staring off into the distance. Okay, I guess he was like symbolic of, of your average white prospector uh, back during the gold rush. Uh, so it's, it's actually quite a beautiful statue, to be honest. It looks nice. The supposedly offensive mascot was born when the campus opened in the 1940s with founding president Pete Peterson's comment that he struck the gold of education uh, by therefore creating this statue. But students have come to see the mascot not as a tribute to their founder or to California history, but rather as a representation of the violence caused 
to Native Americans and others during California's gold rush era. Last year, the university moved the statue of the mascot away from a prominent place on campus due to the outcry. A statement on the university website said the gold rush was a time in history when the indigenous peoples of California endured subjugation, violence, and threats of genocide. Whether the NFL San Francisco's 49ers should be worried about their nickname is unknown at this point. The university is now asking students to vote on a new mascot with choices including pelicans, sharks, stingrays, giraffes, kraken, a sea monster from Scandinavian folklore, or even picking the option called the beach that is sort of a no mascot option. The, uh, the president of the student uh, uh, association said that the options for students to vote on were scheduled from hundreds of ideas submitted by the students. Wow. I mean, guys, this is just, it is just getting out of control. And no offense if you're a Native American, but I think I laid out the case. Really? You're going to be, you're offended by people that were prospecting for gold when every other single thing that white people did affected your way of life, your livelihood, your, your, your living, your status, your culture, your everything. And you're going to pick out this one thing. You know, I really don't know that, that guys standing in a river sifting for gold was quite as uh, disastrous as, uh, you know, American settlers and, and uh, the army and cowboys and people shooting and warring and fighting and forcing the religion and, and staking your land and, and creating horrible treaties and stealing and pillaging. And really, you're, you're going to go after the prospector Pete? I mean, it, it's just so... And, and what I want to know is, is, did actual Native Americans come forward and say that they were offended? Or was it what I think is happening a lot these days? It's, 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 it's trauma scouts or controversy scouts or sensitivity scouts, whatever you want to call them, people that are just looking for some kind of symbol so that they can, they can cause a, a fracas about it. I want to know how many people were offended by Prospector Pete, a guy that panned for gold. I want to know if it was like three little idiots that were sitting, you know, on the grass drinking their Starbucks. And by the way, drinking their Starbucks sitting on the grass that was once Indian land. Oh, why don't you shut down the whole school? Why were you ever born? Why, why are you even here? This is Indian land. You're not allowed to even be here. You're breathing their air. I mean, folks, what happened to the Indians is a travesty. It shouldn't have happened, but it did. But th that's human history. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not defending any behavior or derogatory uh, aggression or anything towards the Indians. They don't deserve it, but but human history is event after event after event 
of one one sanction of of humanity one one area of people rolling over another it's 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 like the conquest of the tribes if we didn't do this cavemen would still be running things okay it's the unfortunate progression of human beings you know, it it, it 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 sucks. It's horrible. You know, in my mind, I appreciate the uh, the Indian culture more than I appreciate our modern culture. It's just uh, you know, but we're the subjects of where when we're born, what time period we're born, of geographically where we're born. But if you ask me, the Indians had it right, man. These these are people that 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 found God in everything. They 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 found. They found spirit in everything. They found spirit in rocks and crows and animals and trees and water and rain and weather. I mean, they had it right, man. They were connected to the earth. And the white man came along and just kind of took and exploited and abused. And we still do. And so you have to look in the mirror and go, well, this is who we are. You know, what are you in nature? Are you a peacock? Are you a leech? Are you a parasite? Are you a lion? Are you a giraffe? What are you? And we're human beings. We're kind of like, as much as we like to think we're great, we're kind of like the scums of the planet. We're the ones destroying it. We're the ones using it up. We're the ones abusing it. We're, we're abusing the other species. And when we abuse the other species, we're abusing our own species. And you just look at the North American Indian, you look at the Australian Aboriginal, you look at the rainforest tribes that are probably shrinking and dying by, by the year. You look at all kinds of cultures that are, that are being minimalized and, and probably over time will vanquish and, and go away. Look at Eskimo cultures, you know. I, I bet most of the Eskimo kids nowadays don't know how to, to, to build an igloo or, or skin a seal. They're probably on the internet and buying stuff at the at the grocery store. And it's just the way it's going to keep going. And uh, it's sad, man. It's it's very sad. There's still countries taking over countries. Look at Syria. Look at look at what ISIS wants to do. They're trying to eradicate, eradicate Christians and 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 uh, they want everyone they want everyone to be Muslim or else you're not worthy if you you know it, it's still happening today, and it's just the way we are. So I think in America, to be sensitive about a, a prospector who was panning for gold is probably the least of, of the uh, abusers when it came to the Indians. And, you know, even if you do want to claim that, uh, you know, they're insensitive— well, what do you want to do? Just erase that history? You you want to get rid of history? You you want it so we're in a place where there is no reference to bad things that might have happened to to uh, native cultures. I've said it before on this podcast, man. I said I said you start erasing all the history, and soon you won't be able to prove there's history. Okay, if you wiped out everything that Hitler did in Germany, if you if you tore down all the concentration camps and you got rid of all references to Hitler and and destroyed it, guess what, man? Generations from now, some some people would emerge and say, "Well, you know, there's really not any uh 
It's not really any proof that Hitler did anything bad. Um, you know, maybe, you know, there's no, there's no, uh, there's nothing that said, you know. So I don't know, man. Just, just changing and ch- erasing history to me is a, is a deadly slope. And all these people that are so sensitive. Again, I'm suspicious of how many it, how many were offended and sensitive, and and how many, uh, who they were. Not just how many, but who. And then, uh, and then, and then the other side of it is, well, okay. What if they are offended by Prospector Pete? Okay, so guess what? There's a there's another side to every argument. What if now there's a bunch of people offended that Prospector Pete is gone? What about their voice? Are they allowed to be offended? Are they allowed to say, hey, put Prospector Pete back? I'm upset. I have I have Native American blood in me. I don't want people to forget. That, that that person was here or or my father was a was a prospector and if it wasn't for my pro- father my great great grandfather being a prospector and mining for gold uh the, the state of California never would have emerged it never would have had a, an economic base it never would have developed we wouldn't have had we wouldn't have had this very school that we're standing in so that's what I mean you got to be careful I'm not saying you can't be sensitive be sensitive. Human beings are sensitive. We're very sensitive. That, that's a good quality. But you got to remember there's people sensitive to things being taken down and destroyed too. It's like we're all allowed to be sensitive and state our case. But it doesn't mean we just rip everything down and burn everything down. And, and you know, if three people out of, of, of 10,000 are sensitive, do they get to rule the day? Do the three people get to determine what the the rest of the 10,000 are exposed to? I mean, I'll tell you what, I'm Canadian, okay? If there was if there was a statue uh somewhere in the states that de- 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 you know depicted the bad side of Canadians, I'd be like, "Okay, I can live with it. I don't like it, but it's just a reminder that we're all we're all flawed. None of us are perfect. We've all made mistakes. But you also got to remember also in hist- when history happens, a lot of times when history happens, it's a, it's at a time when they don't know the future. History happens in the present, if that makes sense. It happens in a moment. It happens in a time when when people don't know what's ahead. They they didn't they didn't know about slavery and they didn't know about technology and they didn't know about inequality and racial tension and this and that. They're just they're just living in the moment that, you know, bad things happen to everybody. You know, if you want to keep going back, you think bad things didn't happen to white people? Christians were thrown to the lions and Jews were thrown in ovens and you know, Armenians were 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 killed by the hundreds of thousands. I mean, every culture has has their their victims. Oy, 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 man. You know, if if I send a letter that I'm sensitive that that uh, you know, um, there's a, a a a Los Angeles Dodgers baseball stadium. Should we get rid of that because I'm sensitive? Let me read you another story that that 
scares me. Here, here's another one in the same kind of cup from the same cloth. Here it is. Philadelphia Flyers, the hockey team, remove Kate Smith statue. New York Yankees halt her God bless America amid controversy. So let me read you this story so you understand it. The Philadelphia, Philadelphia Flyers removed a statue of the late singer Kate Smith that stood outside their arena for more than 30 years. The move, move coming two days after the team covered the monument in black burlap bags in response to complaints about two tunes the God Bless America singer performed in the 1930s. The Flyers had covered the statue and just suspended playing her famous rendition of the patriotic song on Friday. The Flyers' decision allowed a similar one made recently by the New York Yankees, who for 18 years had played the recording during the seventh-inning stretch. And this, this song, God Bless America. So now they've, they've forbidden that song now. Smith's statue had stood near the Philadelphia sports complex since 1987. The NHL principle, hockey is for everyone, is at the heart of everything the Flyers stand for, Team President Paul Holgerman said in a statement. As a result, we cannot stand idle while material from another era gets in the way of who we are today. Wow. Smith, who died in 1986 at age 79, was long considered an American icon. Was. You like that word, was. Suddenly she's not? in large part because of her association with God Bless America. The 1918 Irving Berlin song she recorded, and she received a Presidential Medal of Freedom in 1982. Recently, however, the Yankees reportedly became aware Smith sang a popular 1931 song, That's Why Darkies Were Born. The tune originally written for a Broadway, Broadway review and later referenced in a Marx Brother flick, featured lyrics such as someone had to pick the cotton, someone had to pick the corn, someone had to slave and be able to sing. That's why darkies were born. Ray Henderson and Lou Brown wrote the song. Smith did not contribute words or music. The song was considered a satire of racism in its time, with civil rights activist Paul Robertson also having recorded a version. Detectors also know Smith recorded a song called Pickin' Heaven, with Pickin' being a racial slur for a black child, and points to Smith's likeness appearing in an ad for baking powder that featured a, quote, mammy character. The Flyers played Smith's version of God Bless America before must-win games since 1969. Um... The Yankees pulled God Bless America earlier this season after being informed about the questionable Broadway song. So, all right, this one's touchy because it does have, you know, songs that have, you know, those lyrics that, you know, if I was a black person, I'd be like, what the hell? Okay? And, you know, you've always got to look through these types of stories through the eyes of a black person. And, I, I, you know, if I had the time, I'd love to have an African-American person or friend on the show so I could get their perspective on it. But since I don't, all I can do is kind of give you my perspective on it. And, 
you know, it, it, it's sad because, you know, this is, woman is an American icon, okay? She's singing a, a song called God Bless America, which, which blankets every American. It's a super upbeat, positive song. Um, it sounds like she was singing songs in a musical that she did not write or create, but she was probably a singer trying to make a living. And like I said, I'm going to go back to what I said earlier. Back in the time when things are happening, you don't really know how they're affecting the future. You're, you're just you're immersed in your reality when you're born. Like there's stuff that we're all doing right now. Okay, hold on to yourselves, everybody. There's stuff that we're all doing right now. White people, black people, Asian people, Latino people, all of us. We might be doing something that seems so normal and everyday right now that 60 years from now, sensitive people in the future might look back and go, oh my God, Elton John wore giant glasses. Do you know how... Do you know how offensive that is to blind people? Oh, my God. How could they go to a concert with a guy with giant glasses on his face? Are you kidding me? We, mu- we must, uh, no one can play his music. We must tear down any statues. That's what I mean. You have to assume there's a level of, of, of innocence to a lot of this. Now, if you're standing around in a Ku Klux Klan robe and you're burning crosses and you're trying to lynch black people... No excuses. You knew what you were doing. You're a full-on racist. You you had a vendetta, a hatred towards black people. If you were wearing a swastika on your arm, you knew what you were doing. You had a vendetta against Jewish people, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But, but the more common people that were just circulating around in society and, and you know, white people that, that, that poured Aunt Jemima syrup on their pancakes— were they racist because the logo of Aunt Jemima, she was, as described in this article, kind of like a, a mammy. She had the she had the traditional kind of head headdress that that you saw in a lot of the uh, the the poorer and uh, sometimes slave uh, African American women back in those days. No, people were just like, oh, Aunt Jemima syrup. I'll put it on my pancakes. It's delicious. Oh, look at the logo. It's a it's a big black woman with a thing on her head. Whoopie do like. People weren't racist because they used Aunt Jemima syrup. And I think that's what we have to pull into this story here is, is the level of innocence and the, the level of malice and the level of intent of people. And most people, most common, everyday, normal, great people are not racist they, don't, they have no intention to be racist. They don't want to be racist. They, 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 they detest racism. But you got to ask yourself, um, you know, can you be so sensitive that everything becomes racist or demeaning or uh, offensive? You know what I mean? It's like uh, it, it's like Kate Smith's song, the uh, the God Bless America. So should the record companies that 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 uh, made the uh, the record be called a racist and shut down? Should should the vinyl companies that pressed the vinyl are they in on this big racist insensitivity insensitivity scheme? 
Should the radio stations that played the song be shut down? Should any of us that heard it go and be deprogrammed at a therapist's office because we, we, we've, we heard a song sung by a woman that sang a song in a musical that had defamatory lyrics? I don't know. I'm, I, you know, maybe I'm a douche for saying this stuff, but, you know, I'm not an African-American person. Maybe this is the most, I'm not Native American. Maybe this is the most offensive stuff, unbearable stuff I've ever heard. But I, I just, I don't know. I go, where does it stop, man? Where does it end? What, what, what do we have left eventually? And if I can make a counter argument, I would, I would say that, look, man, we're, we're all in this together. If we're going to make this melting pot thing we've created work, which is, which is cultures and, and, and races mixed together, if it's all of us swimming around in the same fish pond, you know, we're going to have to uh, love it when, when, uh, when people bring us stuff that enhances our lives and, and, and it's like, oh, my God, amazing. And we're going to have to roll with it sometimes when there's, when there's shitty stuff. You know, and and when I say shitty stuff, I'm not including like you know enslaving people and and raping and killing and 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 putting people in camps and and burning them in showers and that that stuff's over the top. That stuff you, I think the average person in any era knows when something is so bad, it's beyond obvious. But there's so many gray areas amongst us humans that, that we've got to kind of learn to bounce and roll off of each other. You know? Are there things as a white... You know what? You, you let me throw an example. You know what? You know what kind of gets under my grill a little bit? Is I'm in the comedy industry. And, and almost without fail, whenever African-American comedians take a poke at white men... They always do this voice. They they always go, you know, here's the return. They're like, hey man, it's like it's like you know, it's like when white guys, you know, when white guys are at a dinner and, and they, they uh, you know, they're afraid to ask the lady uh, to uh, pay for the check. You know, the white guys are always like, uh, listen, uh, uh, listen, Sarah, uh, would you mind um, would you mind going halfies with me on on the check uh, because you know I don't want to be. And so it's like it's like why do why do black guys always do that that white guy voice right? And it bothers me. I'm a little offended by it. I'm a little but it, but at the same time I'm like I'm cool with it. It's like okay if that's their interpretation of us, if that's what they think all white the, the average white guy sounds like. Okay, I can take the joke. I can take the ribbing. Does it does it kind of chap my ass a little bit? Yeah. But am I big enough to roll with it? Yeah. Do any of you have brothers and sisters where they used to tease you and mock you and do impressions of you and they knew how to get under your skin? Yeah. So are we going to be a society where we allow those little shades of, of, of poking fun and having fun with each other under, under our skin and just roll with it and, and laugh it off? And now it's like, okay, you got me with that. I'll get you with this. And then you get me with that. It's kind of like a game of tease, right? And if people aren't dying and people aren't being slaughtered and massacred and burned at the stake, like, shouldn't we have to tolerate that a bit? Isn't that part of the human experience? 
I don't know, man. I, I just worry that, that, that if we lose those nuances, I'd, I'd rather hear that, that people, you know, are, are disturbed by, uh, you know, um, the, 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 the gold miner guy. And lay it out there and say it, and I could hear that and go, okay, I understand that, I hear it. But do we remove it? Do we do we vanquish it forever? Do we do we bury its existence and all the historical significance that it that it holds? Because let's be fair here, the historical significance is just not that maybe it happened during a time where native cultures might have been abused. It also represents a time of when this country was in its infancy and it was growing and things were emerging and social norms were, were evolving and, and industry was happening and, and finance was happening and education, everything was moving and growing. And so if you start pecking away at everything and deleting everything, all of a sudden you're left with nothing. You know, children in the future will be like, how did California get started? Like, what was kind of the groundwork for what? Oh, it, st- it started when Google started? Okay, Go- Google started California. There was nothing before that, right? Like, there weren't like, there weren't like people that came here and, and roughed it out in the wilderness and, and put their life on the line and, and, and you know, panned for gold in, in, in raging rivers and no. No, it just started with Google. Okay, right. Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. But it seems funny that there was no, no, no real struggle to really get the state, uh, you know, started or whatever, you know. But uh, you think there might have been some prospectors or something, but I guess not. You know. <laughs> I mean, guys, look, you know me. Nobody. I don't want anyone to be hurt. I don't want anyone's feelings to be rubbed the wrong way. I don't want anyone to feel victimized or or uh, any type, have any type of racism against them. Okay. But we got to balance things out too, where where that it's just not like you're deconstructing the history of 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 who you are. I think it's better to accept the bad things and have them on display and 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 maybe not just say they're a bad thing. I mean, you could say, okay, so-and-so had a black mark on a, on a moment in their career, a blip in their career, like Kate Smith, for example. Okay, at the time she did some vaudeville theater or some Broadway plays where there was some some inappropriate language that that she did not write but she was singing in order to make a living okay yeah not so good acknowledge don't like it i don't like it i didn't like the language that i heard in that story i'm not african american but it was offensive it 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 rubbed me the wrong way but does that does that moment define who she was as a human is does that define her contribution and then you fast forward and she writes this song God bless America, which is a sweeping anthem of positivity and patriotism. And if you're an American, whether you're black, white, yellow, green, blue, or or orange, this song is about you. It's about you and and how we've evolved and and that you're part of of an America that might have had a shady past or had black marks on its past. 
But do we put the, 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 the little things that she did that, that might have been out of naivete or misunderstanding? Do we wipe out, do we, do we put that on a pedestal over something that she did that was so uber positive that affected a country, affected all the people and does so to this day? That, that just seems weird to me. But what do I know? I'm just, you know, I'm just spouting off here. Maybe I'm maybe I'm completely wrong. Maybe I don't get it. I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there, man. Like I said, there's an argument to be made on every side of this stuff. So I know I've been a bit long-winded here, but this stuff is uh, just it's just like it's just I think I'm bringing it up because it's getting worse and worse and worse. And and I'm starting to wonder what we're going to have left eventually. You know, it's like it's like what happens if if one day we find out that Martin Luther King, you know, the great Dr. Martin Luther King who I freaking love and adore and look up to as a human being, what if we find out one day when he was in college, somebody finds an old thing in a in a yearbook where he made a joke about a white person or he was in a play or at a meeting where the, uh, you know, a racial epitaph came out about Asian people or he was referencing the war, you know? And, and remember the war with Japan when, when the go-to war word was Japs? Remember that? There was, there, was no, there was no hiding it. It was an offensive word. Today we know it's an offensive word, but back then it was like Japs. Let's kill the Japs. Get the Japs. Uh, what if we find something that Martin Luther King talked about the Japs using the word Jap. Uh-oh. D- there goes the Martin Luther King Museum. There goes the, all the streets in every city, Martin Luther King Boulevard. There goes the Martin Luther King statues and memoriams and libraries. You, you see where I'm going with this? It can happen to any race. It can happen to any of us. And if we keep uh, if we keep going down this trail, I don't know where it stops, man. So there's there's the case I'm putting out there for all of us as human beings. I'm not picking on Indians or black people or white people or this 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 last segment is for all of us to think about and consider because it's uh, it's getting messy in my opinion. It's getting scary. And, and, and again, I want to know who these small little groups of sensitive people are. I really have a feeling that they're sneakily, you know, just looking for opportunities to cause this kind of crap. And, and, and what it's doing is it's, it's basically unraveling the fabric of, of what this country is. You got you got in order to make a tapestry, you got to sew in everything. And let's be honest, there's bad things that help create this country, but there's good things. And if you don't, if you don't weave it all together, you don't, you don't have a blanket. You've just got a thing with a bunch of holes in it. So there you go. There's my little rant. And, uh, you know, that's what happens here on the Harland Highway. Usually I start with comedy and sometimes I just end up going off on getting a little more, uh, a little more academic or a little more serious about things, and this is one of those situations. So, uh, Raj, let, let, let's move on. Let's get back to something silly and funny because, uh, you know, we like to mix it up here at the Holland Highway. <sighs> okay, good. Uh. Don't 
This is Harland Williams. And you're really pissing me off. Oh, you're starting to piss me off, you little pigless son bitch. You pissed me off. Shut up! You're pissing me off! These fucking assholes, this fuck, these fucking assholes! The fuck is their problem, man? Okay, so, so you know how I said I was going to switch gears and get light and funny and silly? and Well, guess what? Okay, I took a break. Okay, I took a break in the podcast. My buddy called me up in the middle of the afternoon, and he's like, let's go see the new Avengers movie, right? Two o'clock showing right in the middle of the day, and I'm like, you know what? Why not? I could use a break. I just spent like uh, 25 minutes ranting about... Uh, about uh, statues and things. Um, so, you know, all, all I've heard about, and you may find this segment funny even. I don't know. It, it, it's probably going to lean more towards the theaters. Unfortunately, this whole show is going to end up being a little intense. <laughs> you know, I, was, I, was, I had I'd planned to do all this comedy and, you know, but, but just life happens, man. Blame the Avengers, Okay. Because I can't sit still. And you might find this is, you know, whenever I get ranting, sometimes it actually gets comical. So we'll see. But here we go. I'm, I'm pissed off. I went to this damn uh, the screening of the Avengers. You know, this this thing's like the big biggest opening of all time. Okay? The franchise, the superhero franchise. Right? And uh, this thing made like uh, over a billion dollars worldwide in the first weekend or something ridiculous. I mean, who knew that in this crazy, serious world of ours that so many people liked grown men running around in spandex suits and leotards and, and flying. It's a little bit weird if you think about it. You know, <laughs> we're a planet of, of like people and, and people go to work every day and sit in their cubicles and do jobs and drive trucks and their dentists and their teachers and their doctors. And, and this is how they get their relief, watching full grown men pretending they're ants and, and, and Iron Man and uh, wizards and floating and okay, but I'm in on it. I'm a comic book fan and that's why. This review is not going to be pretty, okay? Oh, I'm pissed off. I am pissed. So so here we go. You got this huge movie, this huge opening, you know, smashing all the records. Every review I'm, I'm hearing is glowing. Everyone's talking about how amazing this movie is. I have a friend that said he wants to go see it again. I met another guy that said he's seen it twice already. And I'm going, oh, wow, here we go. And here's why. The last Avengers movie, and I apologize for those of you that don't have a clue who don't go to these movies. So you, you might want to tune out because this is going to be a long one. Or you might just want to stay with it and, and enjoy the abuse I'm about to drop. <laughs> um, so um, the last Avengers movie was actually really quite good. I really enjoyed it. And the reason being is because the villain in... In the last Avengers movie, was was so dominating, so overpowering, and so so evil 
that he made it enjoyable. He was actually kind of deep and philosophical. He was almost he's almost like a, he's also almost like a, a an evil motivational speaker. He had all these these deep kind of poetic takes on the universe and people and mankind and the planet and and the universe and living things and it was like it was kind of like wow this guy's kind of deep for a bad guy with a with a pruny chin that looks like a ball sack right and he's purple by the way yeah um and so uh spoiler alert and and the last movie came out over a year ago so I'm not spoiling anything but it, it towards the end of the last Avengers movie he like killed like half the Avengers. You see them like blow up and and disintegrate and and it was really powerful and like wow, you know, it was, it was like it's like actually to see actual superheroes actually getting killed for once it, there was something gratifying about it because it was real not that you necessarily wanted to see your favorite heroes perish but there was something very real about it and I was like wow okay yes you know every movie you ever see the bad guy never wins the the the, the good guy gets shot at by 700 soldiers and runs through the bullet field and never gets hit you know what I mean it's like Indiana Jones never gets crushed by a rock he just keeps going but but in the last Avengers, like half the Avengers, half the superheroes, like died, and it was it was rewarding. It was it was satisfying because it was just like, okay, yes, this feels more real. And the way in which he did it was very dramatic and powerful and and ominous and and so you're thinking, wow, where do we go from here? Okay, so then I go to this new Avengers, thinking, wow, it's only going to get better. Um, and, uh, you know, they're going to expand the story and they're going to grow on it. They're going to move forward, right? We're going to see where it all goes, but no, guess what? And again, if you haven't seen the movie, I'm about to tell you everything. This is like beyond a spoiler alert. This is like, I'm, this is like, I'm like, I'm cutting the, the sternum open and ripping the rib cage open and exposing all the organs. Okay. So if you don't want to hear it, get lost. Um, put on your leotards and your cape and fly away, super loser. <laughs> um, so here we go. So, so now we have a movie where apparently uh, this this villain at the, at the start of the new movie, we pick it up and this villain has, has annihilated 50% of all life on planet Earth. So in that scenario, you would think Earth would be devastated. You would think, I mean, look look how bad things get when there's a power outage for a night. Look how bad the things get when a car flips on the highway and traffic backs up like 700 miles. Look, look how bad it gets uh, when there's a bank robbery or a car chase. I mean, everything freezes, right? So we pick it up. Uh, this guy has, has eliminated half the life, half the, the, you know, the planets like just should be in shambles. But we pick it up and, and people are out at diners and people are driving BMWs and people are at boardroom meetings and people are, it's, it's almost like nothing happened. They showed one, one or two little scenes where you see like, you know, garbage strewn streets where there's like cars like up against you know power poles and and garbage and and it didn't there was no consistency there's like one or two scenes where it it looked like a nuclear bomb had just gone off 
And then they're like, you know what? Let's forget about that. Let's just make it so it's almost like everything's normal. So they go from that where you see like like a, a nuclear wasteland for literally two scenes and now suddenly people are in diners and children are wa- running up to the, the Avengers and asking for autographs and the Avengers are driving around in brand new Audis and office buildings. People are at work and people are walking around filing things and it, it's like, okay, did, did half the planet just die or, or am I just, every, everyone's going to go to work tomorrow? Okay. So, so they're, while they're at work in this high-functioning world, they're uh, trying to figure out uh, how, do we, how, do we, uh, how do we stop this? How do we get back what we lost? Because so many families were lost, and, and now the Avengers, you know, they all have children now, you know? And the only reason they have children, by the way, is because the, the shitty-ass screenwriters had to think of a way to emotionally hook you in to the superheroes because uh, they don't think we're smart enough to have feelings for the superheroes unless they have an anchor. And and this is, I've told you this before, this is the go-to thing. You go watch any movie in the last 10 years and they do the cutaway to the photograph of the wife and the kid. They do the scene where the kid goes, you're coming home tonight, right, daddy? Or it's it's some some cutaway to the family. No matter what kind of movie it is, a spy thriller, a horror, or this or that, this is their go-to thing now. They, they have a little recipe book, and they go, "How do we get the audience, the stupid audience, emotionally invested in this movie?" Oh yeah, we we let them know that there's a wife and a child waiting for them back at home. Yeah, that's what we'll do. That that's all we need. So let's have that one-minute scene where we show the the photo on the piano or over the fireplace or the the little kid runs up and says something cryptic. Oh my God, it's so patronizing. So so now all this Iron Man's got a baby and the, uh, the Green Avengers got a baby and Black Widow's got a baby. I'm surprised Hulk doesn't have fucking Shrek hanging out of his womb, you know? Holy shit. So, so now they're all like, how do we get back? And uh, somehow Ant-Man, you know, you know the superhero that's the size of a mouse turd? Yeah, that, that horrifying, all-powerful superhero that, that's the, the size of the last booger you picked? Ant-Man? Yeah, somehow Ant-Man comes to life because he's been hiding in an underground garage in a, in a van... In, a, in some kind of a, a, a computer, and a rat happens to go into, a, into the van because, you know, rats have a way of entering, you know, locked, sealed vans, and why wouldn't a rat go into a van because there's so much to eat? And, of course, the rat skitters across some kind of computer panel that was conveniently left out on the dashboard and the rat steps on all the right buttons to activate this complicated computer and fucking Ant-Man blows back from a time warp and now he's the he's the link and he tracks down the Avengers you know the Ant-Man first he goes and eats some caterpillar legs because he's hungry he tracks down the Avengers and he goes I think I figured out how we can get all our families back because I lost my wife too. You know, of course, the, right away, that's the, it's all about getting the fucking wife back, you know? 
and then uh, Tony Stark and Captain America. By the way, Captain America, could this guy be more cardboard? The, the whole movie, he's got less emotions than Spock at a Motel 6 fucking orgy. I mean, Captain America, if this, if this guy has to go to DeVry to learn how to fucking smile and have some emotion and some personality, holy shit. This guy's like a librarian fucking that eats concrete for breakfast. So now Ant-Man, you know, because, he, you know, some guy the size of an ant who's a smart aleck in, in real life, you know, he just, he fluked into being an Ant-Man like he, it was like Spider-Man, he got bit or something, and now he's an ant. Him and, uh, Spider-Man and Ant-Man should have a, a gay marriage and see if they can create like insect children. Oh, look at our brand new baby praying mantis. <laughs> oh, it just ate your face. Oh, my God. Uh, but somehow this genius Ant-Man goes, I think we can reverse all of this damage if we go back in time. And then here's the kicker. They all make a joke. I couldn't believe it. Talk about weak writing. They go, wait, back in time like like Michael J. Fox in Back to the Future? And I'm like, no, 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 you didn't. And then the joke continues. Like, no, like Claude Van Damme and Time Cop? No, like... Like Hot Tub Time Machine? Yeah, they referenced... They think this is funny. And what they're doing by, by, by citing all these stupid time travel movies is they're just making themselves look like a joke because you realize it is a joke. And, and so here's their conclusion. They'll, they're going to go back in time and undo all the stuff the bad guy did in the last movie. Okay? And by the way, this is a three-hour movie. Okay? So the first hour is dedicated to everyone crying about their about their missing and lost loved ones. And by the way, the crying thing I'll get to in a bit. Oh my god, holy fuck. So they they decide, "Oh, if we go back in time, we can reverse all the damage." And so now the only thing is nobody knows how to get back in time. So they go, well, there's one guy that's smart enough to go back in time. Smash cut to, to Iron Man's house. And, of course, Iron Man's retired now, and he's, he's living on the edge of a swampy lake in a log cabin, you know, because that's where Iron Man goes. Always good to be near water when you're made of iron, you dumb fuck. So here he is at his palatial lake with the lily pads and the fucking blue herons, you know, stabbing frogs in the weeds. And here's the pensive, oh, the introspective Iron Man staring out into the bulrushes. Oh, I'm so clever. And of course, here comes the other Avengers, Ant-Man and Captain America. And instead of fucking flying, because they can fly... They drive a brand new Audi to the into the woods. Like like the the brand new like, you know, somehow in the middle of an apocalypse where half the world was eradicated, I guess Audi had the t- had time to do a rollout on a brand new fucking automobile, you know, because I guess the I guess the bombs didn't hit the fucking car plant. Jesus Christ. All right, so here we go. Now that they approach fucking uh, Iron Man, who's retired, you know, he's he's hung up the metal, and they go, you're the only guy that can figure out time travel, right? Yeah, 
Of course. Why not? He knows how he knows how to program a computer. Why wouldn't he be able to fucking bend the continuum and go back into time and stop an an, an all-out holocaust? Sure, why not? And then more of the jokes happen about time travel movies, and I'm like, do not reference that stuff in your own movie. It just it just makes you it just it just shined the light on how lame and how weak the catalyst was for solving this problem. It was so pathetic. I was just rolling my fucking eye. I rolled my eyes so much they fucking rolled back in my head and I got a strike by knocking down my own penis. Holy bowling ball reference. (laughs) Okay, so now Tony Stark, Iron Man's like, no, no, I'm not doing it. I've got a wife and a kid and I can't risk it. And they're like, well, what about the rest of the world, the billions of people that died? No, 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 no. I, I got my wife and my kid. They're more important. Of course, you already know the outcome. You already know the guilt. So these guys leave all, you know, downtrodden. Okay, Tony, I guess, you know. And then, uh, and then you know, Tony's sitting at dinner and he turns on his computer and immediately, like the first thing he presses, he asks the computer, blah, 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 the time continuum, the bending the refraction of the categorical implosium of the uh, dominatrix uh, Galleria. And the computer goes, boop, 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 and it makes like a, makes a shape, like, like, a, like a distorted circle. It goes, your calculations are accurate. Like the first fucking thing he did, and, and Tony Stark's eyes start to widen. He's like, wait, what? Wait, this is doable. Wait, what the? Are you kidding? The very first thought I had, the very first button I pressed about traveling back in time, and I hit it? And meanwhile, earlier when he was talking to his little caped leotarded buddies, he actually said, the odds of figuring out time travel is one in one billion trillion, or some some number that hasn't even been, even Dr. Seuss hasn't come up with the number yet. And yet here he is, the first click of the mouse. Click, oh, fuck me, look at that. Fucking time travel, eh? Oh, fuck me, what a lucky fucking break. Maybe I should go buy a fucking lottery ticket here in this half-dead fucking world because... You know, if everything else is up and running, I'm sure people wandering in the wasteland are still buying fucking lottery tickets waiting for their fucking ship to come in, eh? Oh, my God. What in the name of royal fuck, bro? So here's this fucking guy. He's sitting at the dinner table, and he's going to pop the news. He's, t- you know, he's talking to his wife. Yeah, so how was work today? Uh, yeah. how, how was work at, the, uh, at your burnt-out fucking office building? Wait, what? The seven top seven floors are melted with uh, radiation? Yeah, okay, great. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and uh, by the way, I uh, figured out how to travel into time. And then his wife, his fucking wife, you know, Pepper Potts, Whoever fucking came up with this name, she sounds like a a cooking utensil I'd find at the pottery barn. Yes, do you have any more pepper pots? They're fat. They're so stick free. The last casserole I made with my pepper pot was just so tasty. So Pepper Potts is sitting there. He just he just announces to her by the fireplace that he's just figured out how to travel back in time. He didn't mention that he did it on the first click on his little Apple computer. 
And she goes, oh, wow. Yeah, oh, wow. That, that's the response. I think I go, I think I go, I think I went, oh, wow, when I saw a hummingbird hit my living room window. <laughs> oh, wow. Now, now, you weigh those two, a hummingbird slamming into my fucking living room window and a guy figuring out how to travel the fuck back in time. <laughs> oh, wow. I just figured out how to travel back in time. Oh, wow. Gee. And then, of course, the, the, then the eyes start. The eyes. Well, what about our daughter? What about, do you know what this, and of course, Tony Stark's got to do it, Right. Oh, boy, Tony Stark's got to do it. So here we go. The fucking Avengers get back together, and they decide they're going to go back in time, but all they got to do is build a time machine now. Yeah, that's all you got to do. That's all. You just got to figure out how to build the machine to do it. Oh, wait, what? You did it in one day? Oh, my gosh. Lucky you had all the parts. Lucky Radio Shack was fucking open. Oh, boy. Did they have the... uh, Lucky they had the time travel knob available at fucking Radio Shack and the, uh, you know, the the fucking uh, battery pack to get you back into the fucking beginning of the universe. So in a matter of, like, hours, they set up this big, complicated machine... And, and, and guess who's running the show? Because Tony Stark's smart, but he's not as smart as, guess who? The Incredible Hulk. Ooh, so guess what? All of a sudden, we've got, uh, we've got the, the David Bruce Banner, okay, in the movie. And, you know, he turns into the Hulk, right? But then all of a sudden, I guess they cut some scenes out or something. All of a sudden, he's... He's like merged David Banner with the Hulk, okay? So now he's just like, uh, you, you go from one scene where he's he's like the regular Hulk, and all of a sudden he's merged, he's spliced himself, and he's he says, I've learned how to manage the Hulk, and now I'm the Hulk and David Banner. And what do you got? Oh my God, this this made me puke. Now you've got the Incredible Hulk as a yuppie, Okay, he's fully functional. He's he's fully educated. He he he's fully articulate. He's uh, he's wearing a sweater, a polo sweater, and designer fucking glasses from the optical barn or someplace. Okay, he's got groomed hair. He's got he's got the George Clooney stubble. And he's sitting around and yucking it up and, and and talking to them like he's a normal guy, okay? This is a giant, huge man whose hands are heavier than fucking Rebel Wilson at a all-you-can-eat shrimp buffet. Just his hand. And he's sitting around, and I'm like, what the fuck is the point of even having the Hulk in the movie? And by the way, just if you hear the extra irateness in my voice... The Hulk has always been my favorite. You know why? He, he, I've got all the comic books. He was my favorite hero because the Hulk was just an expression of rage. He was this unstoppable green mass of muscle, and he didn't understand emotion. He didn't under, understand nuance. 
He was he was chemically distorted to feed off of anger and rage and and whatever else burns inside of a person when when they see red. And it was such a beautiful character because it was that rage that made him unstoppable and unpredictable and dangerous and edgy and you just you didn't know if there was a man in there and and every now and then you got a little glimpse of it but he he was just like he was so fucking unstoppable and powerful and and just you could feel it and he was probably like a, an extension of all of us when we've ever been mad and uncontrollably full of adrenaline and angry and i'm telling you ladies and gentlemen that they they they've reduced this guy to a starbucks pansy okay throughout the movie there's not one action scene with the hulk there's a flashback scene that they borrowed from the first movie when they go back in time. We see the, the Hulk as his former self. The rest of the movie, he's wearing sweaters. He's wearing track pants. He's wearing pullovers. He's wearing hoodies. He's got his designer glasses on. He's At the end of the movie, he's in an arm sling because the Hulk hurt himself. Yeah, the green waging Hulk, he had a boo-boo. He's got to put an arm sling on. The fucking Hulk in an arm sling. Are you? They they destroyed this. You know the the the, the clever writers. Ooh, the they're so edgy and clever. These clever Hollywood writers thought, let's throw the audience a curveball and let's make the the Hulk a, the type of guy. He's not angry anymore, but he likes to hang out at Starbucks and he's he's sensitive and he's he's got a sense of humor, a, a subtle sense of humor. He's he's whimsical. Go fuck yourselves, you assholes. You just ruined you just ruined one of the best fucking comic book characters ever. You you just took the rage out of him and made him like a Starbucks fucking armchair fucking fuckload. Unbelievable, man. It's it's just it's unbelievable what they did to the Hulk. Destroyed him. It's like if you took Angelina Jolie and said, you know what, Angelina, for this next movie, eat fucking cake every day and put on 300 pounds because we think that'll be sexy. And uh, don't brush your teeth and don't wash your hair and no makeup. And uh, you just watch all the men flock to the movie to see you strut your stuff. And we're going to put you in leather shorts and fucking tight bikinis. And, oh, you're going to you're going to be so fucking sexy, Angelina. This is what they did to the Hulk. They reverse engineered the guy, and he, he's a non-character. And and in case you're wondering, he didn't have one scene in the whole movie where he got angry, where he smashed anything. There's a scene towards the end of the movie where guess what he does? You want you want to hear what the Hulk does? This is this is the buildup to the Hulk. He grabs a park bench and throws it. Yeah, he grabs a bench. And he throws it about, I don't know, maybe 100 feet, a bench. Do you know that an angry child with Tourette's could fucking throw a bench, okay? An angry child who isn't getting a fucking lollipop could throw a bench if it had to. But the Hulk, ooh, the big green rage machine throws a bench, ooh. And he doesn't throw it at anything. He just throws it into the, under the grass. 
It is an abomination. These guys should be stripped of their freaking writer's license. Like you need a license. Unbelievable. And what sucks is in the very first Avengers movie, I was like so flipping out because I feel like that's the closest anyone ever got to the Hulk after those abysmal solo Hulk movies. The first Avengers, like they captured the rage. They captured the animal instincts of the Hulk. Oh my God, it was so exciting. It was riveting. He stole the movie. The first Avengers, if you go watch it, examine the Hulk and now watch what they've done to him now. I am livid about it. Morons. And then, of course, they reduced Thor. You know, Thor, the god of thunder. He's a living god. And these clever writers thought, hey, why don't we make him a fat, beer-drinking drunk? We'll make him like the big Lebowski of superheroes. That'll be so clever and funny. Nope. What you did is you destroyed another fucking amazing character because you thought you'd be clever and cute. You're not. I didn't laugh once. It ruined an amazing character. If you watched the first Thor, oh my God, they captured it. The first Thor movie, this guy was was powerful and, and convicting and, and just like, oh my God, he felt like a god. And now he's like, it's unbelievable, folks. Uh, the, the, the idea that people are liking this movie. And then let's get to the crying, Okay. Every freaking superhero in this movie, they must have used up an hour of film to give every single hero, even the Hulk, and some of the heroes more than once, a crying scene, okay? The Black Widow, I don't know how many times, I don't know how many tears a fucking Black Widow can have, okay? They eat their own mates. I don't think black widows do a lot of crying. I don't think there's a lot of emotion. They have sex and then eat their sex partners. I don't think they they cry about shit. But the black widow cried and cried and cried. And the green arrow, by the way, why is this guy even in the mix? You got guys that can fly and bend apartments in half and fucking disappear. And we got a guy from Robin Hood's Merry Men that shoots bows and arrows. Which one of these things doesn't belong with the other electric company? Holy fuck. This guy's laughable, and he's got like a punk rock haircut. I can't tell you how many times this guy fucking cried in the movie. And by the way, the opening scene of the movie, guess what? He loses his pretty little wife and his daughter. Yeah, opening scene. Oh, there's our emotional hook. Oh, my God. They all cried. The Hulk cried. Thor cried. I don't know how many times. Okay? Iron Man cried. Fucking Spider-Man cried. Who is this Spider-Man kid? If I wanted a superhero that hadn't gone through puberty yet, Spider-Man? How about Spider-Boy humping his mattress at night? How about that? This thing is just going out of control. And by the way, Thor, because he's a drunk and he's kind of he's kind of lost the spirit of being a god, you know, at the end of the movie, you're not going to believe it. He goes, yeah, I'm, I'm tired of being a god that's been handed down to me through the fucking millennium. I'm tired of being a god. I want to find the real me. So he hands 
his godship off as it, like as if you can do that if you're a superhero. I guess I guess you just hand it off. Here, have my superpowers. He hands he hands his godship off. He hands the Thor crown to a young, beautiful black girl. And I'm like, oh, okay. So for for the for the life of this comic strip, it's been a blonde, golden, like godlike Viking. And now it's going to be a not-so-physical-looking African-American woman. And I don't care if it's African, Asian, white, Hispanic. I don't care. The point is, why are we doing this? Why are we giving up? Why are we giving up our superheroes and changing their gender and and their and their history? And it's just... Oh, should we make the Black Panther an albino? Hey, hey, there's an albino kid from uh, Switzerland. You know what? I think the Black Panther's, uh, you know, he's prowled around enough. Let, let's, uh, let's hand it off. I am tired of being the Black Panther. I have, I have crawled through so many jungles and so many streets. You, yes, you, white albino Hans from Switzerland. Who, me? Yes, you, my my flaming lighthouse of whiteness. Yeah, that's okay. I like where you're going with this. Yes, I must. I am tired of being the Black Panther. And now, now after centuries of ruling and, and being a Black Panther, a strong black character, a superhero, I hand it to you. Yeah, you want me to be the Black Panther, yeah? Yes, my child. Yeah, okay, that sounds good. What do I have to do now? You put on this Black Panther outfit, and you prowl like a jungle cat. Okay, can I stop and have some strudel first? I would like to do a little yodeling up on the hill before I start prowling. I hear prowling and yodeling don't mix. Holy fuck, what have I done? It's too late, ha <laughs> You lo 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 Fuck me, man. Okay? And then there was another one. Okay? Now uh, someone someone else in the mix is gone, too. Uh, we, 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 lost, uh, we lost the uh, Thor. And I'll think of it. But anyways, all these fucking superheroes come back to fight this guy. And, uh, and basically what, what the whole movie is, three hours... Okay, three hours with two hours and 40 minutes dedicated to these big, tough superheroes crying like I'm watching fucking, you know, General Hospital or uh, One Day at a Time, like a soap opera. They spend three hours basically rewinding the movie they did last year. So basically, it's three hours of going backwards and undoing what they the movie the great movie they did last year and I'm like what is the point why didn't I just stay home get the VHS of last year's movie and rewind it on slow motion and watch it why did you make the first one if all you're going to do is undo it so it was like I was watching the same movie but backwards and so when you go backwards you know the outcome Oh, my God, and these huge battle scenes, okay? Giant, ba- like, civil war, like, like armies charging at each other with, like, speed of light robots and monsters from hell and laser beams and cannons. 
And in the middle of these raging battle scenes where there, there must have been 50 million like people, like tribes and monsters and critters and in the middle of it, like three of the superheroes have the, have the time to stop and have like these really quiet, emotional moments. There's, there's a scene where, where Spider-Man and Iron Man stare into each other's eyes and and talk about how much they care about each other and hug. It was almost like broke back Spider-Man for a minute. I don't know what that message was on that one. And I don't know how Spider-Man got back in time. I don't know how the fucking rest of them got back in time. And then, and then the Black Widow stopped and had a moment, and then the, the monster had a moment. Like, in the middle of this scene, they're just, suddenly there's no noise, there's no ruckus, there's nobody running past them. They're just, suddenly everything's quiet, and they're, it's like they're, they're having a candlelit dinner at Applebee's, staring into each other's eyes. You know, I really like what you do. I really like what you do. No, but I like you more. I know, but I like you more, honestly. Okay. You want to get some mousse for dessert? Or yeah, let's do that. We can let's get two spoons and share one. <laughs> oh my fucking god. And then the, and then the characters from uh from uh Guardians of the Galaxy show up, that raccoon. They don't use the the tree I am Groot. He he they don't use him. He's one of the most charming characters they've created. Don't use him. Christopher Pratt shows up. The the only the only moment in the movie about halfway through where the movie kind of lifts up. Here here's what you're going to love. Christopher Pratt shows up and he's listening to a song from the 70s in his headphones. And it totally lifts the spirit of the movie. He's like, hey, hey, what's the matter with you? Hey, hey, all right. You know, it's like, it was so cool. And then someone walks up and punches him. And then he's out for the rest of the movie, pretty much. I'm telling you, I could go on and on and on. This movie was all over the place. I didn't know what I was watching. I don't know wh- who anyone was. They just they just destroyed and devastated all these characters. There's a scene where there's a scene where Black Widow and the bow and arrow guy suddenly appear like on a dark mountain with a floating skull guy. I have no idea who it is. And they're fighting with each other over who's going to commit suicide. And oh my god. They're crying. They're ch- I'm going to die. No, I'm going to die. All of you fucking die. And who's the fucking floating guy with the red fucking skull? And some of the CGI, I got to tell you, some of it looked really cheesy and shitty. Like I expected more. Like a lot of the CGI effects were like, wait, what am I watching? The WB? Am I watching Sabrina on the WB? What was that? And of course they had they had to get the empowered women in there. Oh yes, for no particular reason at all. Probably because the movie did so well at the box office, Captain Marvel showed up. Oh yes, this this stoic woman. This stoic woman who I don't even know what the fuck her powers are. I don't know who she is. She looks like maybe she could have been a model at one time. 
She really doesn't say anything. It seems to me she's got so much power that she could have won the whole thing. But here's what she said, okay? She goes, she goes. you know what? I know you guys are up against it. You're up against the end of the world. But there's a lot of galaxies out there. And there's a lot of, like, other places. So I've got to go and, and, and do some troubleshooting. But I hope you guys are going to be okay. I'll see you later. And she fucking flies off to go do some other gigs. And then when she comes back, she has a new haircut. Like, you know, when we first see her, she's got long hair from like the 60s. And then when she comes back, she's got like uh, Demi Moore hair from Ghost. And then she's got all this fucking power. And she shows up at the end of the movie again with all the other superheroes. And, you know, she tries all these powers and and, and nothing, none of it works against this this monster. And so at the end of the movie, they reverse everything. And, uh, oh, here's what it is. At the end of the movie, yeah, here we go. Captain America decides to stay back in time, okay? Because he met a girl. He met a girl in the 70s or the 50s or something. So he stays back in time. And when he finally comes back, he's an old man. And his friend Nighthawk, okay? Remember Nighthawk, the African-American guy who flies around like a hawk? Again, not really that threatening, you know? I I don't know. Is anyone really frightened by a fucking hawk? They're like a, like a shitty version of an eagle. Like they're like a... They're like the small bastard child of an eagle. They're like the they're like the egg in the eagle nest that went rotten and didn't fucking hatch properly. And you got a hawk. So here's this guy, this hawk flying around, and uh, Captain America comes back as an old bag, still as boring as fuck. By the way, I don't know how he scored this hot chick in the in the 30s or wherever he was. And, uh, and, and Nighthawk or whatever his name is comes up. He goes, Hey man, great to see you. And he goes, yeah, I'm a little tired to do this now. And he goes, you can't stop, bro. And he goes, nope, it's time to hand my shield off to someone new. And of course that someone new would be our, our progressive society where we have to represent every ethnic group and every gender. And so I'm handing it off to you, my African-American friend. You're going to be the new Captain America. With no regard to the fact that Nighthawk's already a strong, powerful African-American superhero in his own right. He kicks ass. He flies around. He beats the shit out of He's a fucking bona fide superhero already. Great. Another great African-American superhero role model. I love it. But now they're just gonna they're gonna hand it off to him. And and here's why I'm pissed, because I don't think they're handing it off to him because it's a great storyline moment. I think they're handing it off because it fits a socially political agenda to hand it off to an African American man. And again, I don't care who the fuck they hand it off to. It could be a white guy, a black guy, a Chinese guy. I don't care. Race doesn't matter to me in this. What bothers me is that it feels like it's some kind of, of, of part of the program, kind of agenda, kind of patronizing people and, and uh, you know, assimilating everyone. We already have that. Everyone's assimilated. Nobody cares 
what color a superhero is. One of my favorite superheroes is Luke Cage Power Man. He's a big, badass black dude, man. He's awesome. Black Panther's awesome. He's a, he's a black. Look how good that movie did. So why do they got to go out of their way to do this? And, 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 and I don't care if they make Captain America a woman. I don't care if they make him a black man. I don't care if they make him an Asian. I don't care. Well, I do care. My, my point is, why can't he just be what he is? He started as a white guy back in the 30s, and that's who he is. Why, why can't we just have characters remain as their characters? And if they want to, if they want to introduce a new Captain uh, Captain America, like an origin story for a new Captain America, then let that be a black guy. Great. Let let the, the let the story play out the way it happened for Captain America, where they put Captain America in this time machine and this vacuum, and they they experimented on drugs with them, or the same way Spider Man was bit by a spider, or the Hulk was bathed in gamma rays. Let's let if we want another or a new African American Captain America, great. I'm all for it, but but let him have his own story. Don't patronize me and just hand it off. Well, here's the politically correct thing to do. This is kind of what we're supposed to do, right? These days is empower black people. You don't know. Black people are empowered. Black people are doing great, and, and there's great African American black heroes. And if you want to bring a new one, great. Give them the courtesy and give them the decency and give them the time and the effort to emerge from their own story. And maybe it's a story that tells the African-American story better. Maybe it tells the story of black people better. Maybe it empowers them even more. If you, if you create an origin story that comes from a place that includes black culture and the importance of it, and the meaning of it, and all the good things about it, I would rather see that, because then it has meaning. To see an old fucking white guy just hand a black guy his power, it's like, could that be more condescending? I think that's an insult to blacks and whites across the board. It's horrible. It's lazy writing. It's shitty. Oh, God. So we're losing all our heroes. They're all being watered down. They're all being given away. They're all being passed along. And I'll tell you what, you, you passed me along because that's the last fucking Avengers movie I go to. I'm telling you, I, I couldn't be, I, I don't understand it. I don't know how people, I don't understand how people are raving about this movie. I think people are just brainwashed. I think, I think they hear it's great, so they repeat it. They go, well, yeah, it's great. Everyone else says it's great. It's fucking great. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. And I, 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 wrote, I texted my buddy. I said, this is the worst. He goes, he goes, well, if you don't like to see people entertained. I'm like, great. Yeah, I'm entertained by, by blow-ups and people flying and, and uh, you know, spaceships crashing. Sure, that's entertaining the same way a monkey throwing his shit at the zoo wall is entertaining. But can, can you give me a story? Can you give me some emotional connection? Can you give me... Something to grab onto, something riveting, something clever, something engaging. This was just horrible. And the music, oh my God, the music, w when you go to this movie, if you do, and I hope you don't, 
Listen to the cheesy fucking like elevator background music. Every scene is like it's it's like it's like oh what goes here oh superhero walking across parking lot it's like it's so annoying this whole movie and and here's what sucked they they spent years building up these characters in their solo movies and they did a really good job. And the first Avengers movie, they did a really good job. And even the last one I liked, okay? But you know who I ended up liking at the end of this movie more than anyone? Was the villain. I wanted the villain to win. I, I, I liked him. He was deep. He had, he had layers. He was almost like a motivational speaker. And, and, and oddly enough, the message he was delivering wasn't actually a bad message because his message was, if you watch the movie, and I hope you don't, his message was humans have ravaged the universe. Humans have destroyed the planet. Humans are destructive and evil. And so I will eradicate them all. I will wipe it all out and I will start again. And the Avengers are like, you can't do that. That history will show that you 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 can't do that, and and the the bad guy goes, there will be no history. Nobody will know. I'm going to start everything all over again, almost like God starting Adam and Eve. And if you look around our world with the Chernobyls and the and the Facebooks and the and the pollution and the bottles floating in the ocean and the and the high school shootings and the cheaters in the sports world and the political fucking scam artists and the murders and the rapes and the drugs and the cheating and the lying and the hating and the killing and the destruction of our environment and the is it really that bad of an idea? Do you think maybe the purple guy with the nutsack chin is onto something? And I'm sitting there going, you know, I don't know if I want to see all these softies, these Starbucks fucking Avengers in their leotards and their and their capes helping to save this world that this guy wants to recreate and, and make a beautiful again, a diamond in the rough. Gee, I, I really want everything to be saved so that Iron Man can have a new kid. So that the Green Arrow's daughter can go up, grow up and be involved in a, in a uh, university scandal. So that the, uh, you know, the, uh, the Green Arrow can pay off someone, you know, $500,000 so that the Green Arrow can sneak his daughter into a high-end university in this oh-so-great world we live in. Good Lord. And everyone's a superhero. Fucking Pepper Pot showed up at the end of the movie in an Iron Man suit. What in the name? If everyone's Iron Man, then there's no Iron Man. Don Cheadle was in an Iron Man suit, okay? Pepper Potts was in an Iron Man suit. At one point, the Hulk was in an Iron Man suit. I mean, if everyone's Iron Man, then who gives a fuck about Iron Man? Give me hair curler, man. Give me someone fresh. It's it just, they have lost it, man. So I am completely baffled. And just so you know, the bad guy is defeated at the end. Iron Man dies. There's this big, 
this big ending scene. There's about, by the way, there's about 50 ending scenes. It's painful. You're sitting there. Okay, it's over, right? Nope. Now Captain America and Nighthawk are going to have a crying scene. Okay, it's over, right? Nope. Now Green Arrow's going to have a crying scene because his family's back. Oh, it's over, right? Nope. Now Spider-Man's going to grow a pubic hair. Oh, it's over, right? Nope. Now, uh, fuck, it just kept going. Like, fucking, I've never wanted a movie to end so badly. But here's an example of why this movie didn't resonate at all. There's, there's this huge, big, crying death scene with Pepper Potts and her husband, Iron Man. And, and they're milking the tears and they're talking about their children. And, they're and I'm sitting there going, fuck, I wish I had some more popcorn. Like, no emotion at all. And I'm a guy that chokes up easy. I get it. I, I, I like to go to the movies and be moved. I like to get emotional. Nope. I didn't. I, I was like, yawn. I, I, I could have been watching a cracker commercial. It was pathetic. And that to me, that's an indicator of how poor of a job they did on this movie. Okay? It did not move me emotionally. I was not connected to it. Like I said, I wanted to know more about the bad guy and see him live. And I thought, fuck, thank, thank God, wipe these losers off the face of the universe, man. Do you think you could come up with some new superheroes? And this is going to piss off the hardcore, like, like comic book fans. But just, you know, I'm a comic book fan. Stan Lee is the old guy that started Marvel Comics. And they thought it would be real clever and funny that in every Marvel movie, he has a cameo. This old guy, he has one line where they cut away to him going, well, looks like it's going to rain or, uh, well, that hurt. Or, you know, some, some stupid fucking half funny line. And here he was again, the, the, the little cutaway of Stan Lee making a stupid cut. It just takes you right out of the movie. It, it, uh. It's just too many, too many like hoodwinking and nodding and placating the, placating the the audience, placating social uh, trends, placating uh, you know whatever they're placating. It, it, this is this movie should be called the Placators, not the Avengers. You should not be making movies to please people within a three-year period. You shouldn't be looking at the social environment and going, okay, let's make a movie about this because you know three years from now, things will be different. You should be making a movie based on stories and characters and convictions and not chasing social trends and, and placating everyone and, and trying to drive home a, a social agenda to homogenize the world. Because that's not the real world, man. Things are bad. Things are good. Things are in between. People have problems with races. People have problems with gender. People have problems with inequality. People have problems with being cheated, life, death, blah, 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 blah. Play it out, man. Don't try to spoon feed us how you think everything should be. Let it be. Oh, God, I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted. Just a horrible piece of junk. There's my review. There's my, my fucking, I'm pissed off review. Don't go and see this movie. It's too late. It's already made all the money in the world. I hope the big purple guy fucking 
make some residuals and has enough money to to invent his own time machine in one hour and come back and reverse the results of this piece of crap movie. But I'll tell you, if he does and they release it next year, it's going to be one less person sitting in the audience watching the crap. I'd rather be at home watching uh, 16 Candles with a fucking bag of lice over my face. So there you go. Wow. And I didn't even cover the whole movie. These these are just I most of you have tuned out by now, I'm convinced. You probably you're probably like, you know what? This guy's, you know, I don't need to listen to 45 minutes of this. <laughs> but it feels good to get it out. I feel I feel better. Maybe that's my Avengers power. That's my movie power to uh, rip shitty movies. It's rip shitty movie man. Yeah, I really like your review. Thank you. And thank you for including me. Would you like some strudel? Oh, my God. I got to end it right there. This might be one of the longest podcasts I've ever done because of this crap. (laughs) That's what I get for going to the movies at 2 in the afternoon and interrupting my podcast. Oh, God. Okay. Well, if you're in Washington, D.C. this weekend... Uh, it'll be May 10th and 11th. I'm going to be at the Brewhouse Comedy Club. Check out my webpage, harlowwilliams.com, and uh, you can get all the information to come see me. And then the following weekend, I'm in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, May 16th, 17th, and 18th at the Improv, and the 19th. It's the whole weekend. Uh, Improv in Pittsburgh. And uh, and then later in June, I'll be in Denver, Denver, Colorado at the Comedy Works. Great club. So uh, get on my website, harlowwilliams.com, and check it out. And, uh, yeah, this might be on record. The lo- This could possibly be the longest Harlan Highway I've ever done. Hmm, interesting. It kind of took a weird turn. It didn't go the way I thought it would be, but that's that's podcasting for you, baby. Uh, anyways, I hope you had a good time, and uh, now maybe you'll go see the Avenger just to verify. Sometimes people do that, right? They go, wow, Harlan said a mouthful. I want to see the movie now just to follow his narrative and see if what he said is accurate. I'll be interested. That'd be inter- that'd be inter- If you do go see it for that reason... Uh, by the way, don't blame me for losing three hours of your life, okay? But if you do go see it and you kind of agree with me or feel some of the same things, feel free to uh, call me or email me and let me know. Because I got to tell you, right now I'm like the only guy in the world that thinks that. Now, to his credit, my buddy who I went with, Adam, he uh, he agreed with me complicitly. We, we were totally, uh, I can't tell you how many times we turned and looked at each other and rolled our eyes. And, and the jokes we made throughout the movie, I mean, that was the best part of the movie. We just had each other laughing because we, we, couldn't, we couldn't contain our, our disdain. We had, to, we had to make jokes and comments to each other about how shitty it was. And we were, we were fighting not to walk out and, oh my God, just a, what a lemon. Anyways, that's it. Uh, <laughs> I uh, hope you enjoyed the podcast, and uh, oh, God, until next time. It was, this was almost three hours. This was almost the length of the Avengers. It was halfway, half the length of the Avengers. I hope this was more entertaining than the Avengers. Until next time. <laughs> <laughs>
keep your leotards on, and chicken chow mein, baby.